Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, no, I got... For everybody listening, this is Dominic Milton Trot, my buddy who is... I mean, man, you were like first 20 episodes. You might have been first 10 episodes. Dominic's... I've done, I've done quite a few. He's one of, you're, one of, you're one of the original gangsters. You, uh, you've been on here a lot. We haven't spoken in a while. And... Um, yeah. Because I'm I'm an idiot. I uh, I've had some scheduling difficulties with you, but um, yeah. No, I got a new microphone, got a new camera, got some lighting, and uh, trying to make yeah. it seem a little a little less shitty, a little more professional. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Thank it you very much. Clear picture there. Thank you for yeah. Now you can see my ugly face in high resolution. <laughs> this is so everybody. <laughs> so everybody, listen. This is my buddy Dominic Milton Trot, the author of the Drug Users Bible. <laughs> You took, was it uh, 137? 157. 157 different drugs over the years and uh, documented them, documented, um, you know, the come up, the high, the come down, different, I mean, physiological, I mean, it really is supposed to be uh, an encyclopedia of sorts, what to take, what not to take, precautions to look out for, just as an example, uh, amphetamines, um, you know, high sex drive, you know, have a partner, but also be aware of like the slippery slope of wanting to re-up other things like nutmeg notoriously is like, mm-hmm. unless you want to go to hell and back, don't take it. But um, yeah. So which ones are we talking about today, Dominic? Well, we've covered so much, but um, a few weeks ago I did a Ask Me Anything uh-huh. and I've done one before they didn't ask me anything on Reddit uh-huh. and on, on the sort of general public uh, and it's a format which is fingers typing mm-hmm. and uh, you can get asked questions on anything mm-hmm. by the general public um, and we went through those questions in previous episodes because it saves you thinking of them it saves me thinking of them yeah. a few weeks ago I did one on the drugs um, sub Reddit mm-hmm. yeah, subreddit. and that's a community of drug-related people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it was quite interesting that the questions were slightly different between Joe Public and Joe Drug Using Public. Mm. Um, so because I didn't have anything like, immediately I need to tell you, I thought maybe I could go through some of the questions sure. that they asked um, and uh, and give replies um, in this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. Um, but what I've, what I've been doing, I've been locked down. I've been locked down for a year. Yeah. Um, so it's frustrating as hell because, um, as you know, I take these drugs when I'm traveling mm-hmm. by and large and I go all over the world to take them. So I've been sort of here thinking, well, fortunately, thank God I finished the book mm-hmm. before this happened because it would have never been finished. But, you know, I'm not young and I've got all these years of, if you like to put it this way, drug taking ahead yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got all years ahead of me with places I want to see um, and things I want to do, and that will include uh, hunting down some botanicals and mm-hmm. so on. But, and I can't do it. So it's been really, 
uh, increasingly annoying, uh, but hopefully soon I'll get out of this country and, and off on my travels again. Well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, I've been locked down too. It's uh, <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, you're on the east coast. You're in Maryland. It's uh, yeah, it's been locked down just as much as I've. I've pretty much only been doing podcasts for the last year. I've just been doing yeah. podcasts every day. Okay. Right, the first question, I'll just open this. The first question is what, I always get asked this, what are, you, what are, you, what, what are your favorite drugs mm-hmm. out of the 157? And wherever I speak to them, they all want to know that, but I've already answered that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm not going to labor it other than to say that it depends on what you want at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, generally speaking, I would I'd like psychedelics because, uh, well, a few reasons. One, they don't make me feel bad the next day. Uh, two, they're generally more benign and less toxic than, than most of the classes of drugs. And so you, you, you get more out of them in terms of um, different different perspectives and learning and about yourself, about you know, the nature, anything that you want to cast your mind over, you get a different perspective of. So psychedelics generally. Now, people don't really want that. They want, they want, they want you to say a, a drug like alcohol or, mm-hmm. or cannabis. Or, yeah. um, so I have a sort of backup sort of reply for that comes in, well, in a situation where I want to feel good, um, me, me, my favourite drug would be amphetamine, which is big, but and I don't have it because the payback with a drug like amphetamine is quite severe in terms of the aftermath. You know, I feel depressed for a few days, mm-hmm. takes a lot out of you, but I'm, I'm too old for that sort of uh, payback. Um, so Favourite drug, if, if I had access to it, which, which I don't, obviously, here, because I've got this in the travels, uh, would be something called Carver Carver, would be a nice Carver Carver? Isn't that a, an anxiolytic? It's it's like alcohol. It is an anxiolytic, and it's a, a bit of a bit of inebriation, um, and it's legal in the United States, mm-hmm. so you can have it. I, I, I think I took it in college. I think I remember yeah. taking it in college. It's a drink. I would take it during. Well, I, I remember I got it as a powder. I, I was like a capsule. Yeah, it's a powder, and you, you yeah. make a drink from it. Uh, I would, I would get them in these capsules, and uh, I think I tried them out during like finals week or something because I was like, I need something to make me go to sleep because I was so anxious about all my finals. Oh wow! Well, I mean, it's not really for, for that. What no, it, no, that, it didn't. Drug. It didn't really help. No, it didn't really help. But it was fun. <laughs> But it was fun. Yeah, <laughs> I found it was like a clean alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, alcohol. It, it's you know, it's nice when you, when you're starting to take it, when it's starting to take effect. Yeah, but then it goes fuzzy and it's not quite so pleasant and it's horrible after. Yeah, Carver Carver is has the positives in that it's you're feeling inebriated and intoxicated, but it's not getting fuzzy and it's not getting confusing and you're not becoming a jerk mm-hmm. and you're not having a hangover in the neck. The next day, yeah. which I didn't, and uh, so for me, it's it's a nice sort of uh, quasi sedating, inebriating, drink it in pints if you want to, social type of of uh, psychoactive. Um, so I, I, 
I, I say that, and, and the other one I say normally is ephenidine, which is a um, it's a dissociative like ketamine. Only you eat it; it's oral, and it lasts longer than ketamine. Um, and it's really quite a strange, weird experience, but it's really interesting, and you can absorb yourself into various topics, a bit like a psychedelic, but not not really. Mm-hmm. Um, so those those are the things. And lo and behold, I, I, I go online. That's the first question I'm asked: What are your favourite drugs? So I have to I have to labour all these. Mm-hmm. Well, if but no, no psychedelic, but da 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 da. So it's you know when I'm doing an something like this online and typing this is how I get behind the the, um, the questions because <laughs> the first question is like a monolith of yeah. the explanations but, but, by the time I finish that there's a hundred questions stacked up and it's but I, I would I would say that's I would say it's good that there's a monolithic answer because it's often what we spoke about in the earlier some of the earliest episodes of this podcast was yeah. people look for a sound bite you know, why, what happens if drugs are legal? Well, we're going to have addictions and there's going to be problems. There you go. Here's Tom with the weather versus yeah. like you have to break it down and be like, well, what are you looking for? You know what? There is more than just alcohol. Good. Everything else bad. It's like, well, mm-hmm. no, there are these. What are you doing? Do you like kava kava? Do you want to stay at home? Do you want you know, are you this person? Do you enjoy an amphetamine? Do you enjoy a mild opiate? Do you enjoy a psychedelic? It's like I think it's indicative. I think it's good that there's there's that sort of monolithic answer in your words it's, it's a, well it's a complicated yes. question really even though it seems simple because it is it, it, it does depend well, that's on the thing where you are that's, and what you want it that's the from, thing is the you you can't answer you know it'd be like saying it'd be like if someone said how do we have how do we get world peace no one's going to be able to answer that in anything less than 10 paragraphs it's like yeah, some it's, questions it's just beg that answer yeah yeah okay Next one is, uh, can I ask why why you had one? Oh, I mentioned one P LSD is one of my favourite. Somebody comes in, why why one P LSD and not LSD? Well, first start they're the same drug, really. Mm-hmm. One P one P LSD uh, was synthesised because uh, LSD was illegal. Um, is illegal uh, and one PLSD is a new drug so it's not illegal and uh, and it, it it's, it's, it's widely believed and I think this is the case that once it, you once you consume one PLSD as opposed to LSD it becomes LSD in, in the gut and, mm-hmm. and you have an LSD experience um, and so my, my answer to that was um, yeah the, the same same experience really um, but one PLSD I have I cited one PLSD simply because I had lots of it available legally mm-hmm. uh, at the time. Yeah. I could just buy it, yeah, uh, which was quite surreal, really. I, but I took one PLSD in 2016. Yeah, I just I just ordered it. I just ordered it. It was mailed to my house. Yeah, I mean it, it, it is. Uh, I mean, and nobody died from it. You know, <laughs> it's just it's, uh, it was just a nice experience, uh, quite rewarding as well. Well, that's down to the next one. Which drug has most positive effect on your life? And which drug had the most negative effect on your life? I got this in the other AMA as well, so I won't let it be too much positive. The various psychedelics, I say various because I think a number of them have contributed. Now, you came, I don't know if it was you or it just developed when I was talking to you because 
a sort of metaphor I use to explain um, one of the values of psychedelics was that the psychedelics train. tend to give you a different perspective the train. of life. It's a train. Yeah. Uh, and if you have a psychedelic, if you've lived your life on a train, <laughs> I probably it wasn't you who told me. Yeah, that. it was you and me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I think we did, we developed it together, or you you yeah. you came up with it. Um, if you're on a train, yeah, we did it together. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a, it was a co we co-authored it. Yeah, we co-authored this. Is this is our metaphor. This is this is our Tommy, this is our publication. Tommy and Dominic at all 2020. Yeah, this is so our publication. We better tell them what it is now. Yeah, um, it was right because. Psychedelics give you a different perspective. And if you live your life on a train and you're whizzing through, living your life looking through a train window and waving and looking what's going past, um, and then for the first time ever, say you're mid 20s, you, you're allowed to get off the train, look on the stand on the platform, look at the train and get back on the train. You're never going to see the train again in the same way. Yes. Um, and you're never going to see your existence on the train in the same way. Yeah. Uh, because you've had that different out of yeah. out of your normal reality yeah, experience, and that's. You see, I'm convinced, convinced that much of this this uh, this enhanced consciousness, or what you want to call it, with people who've had psychedelics versus those who haven't, isn't anything to do with the na- nature of the twenties, but not necessarily just to do with the nature of the experience. It's the fact that you have stepped out of normal reality mm-hmm. and got back in again that you, you 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 don't see things subconsciously, even or even consciously, the same way again. Yeah. Um, it's it's not necessarily the individual effect of the drug because i think i think lsd does this dmt does Mm -hmm. this lots and lots of psychedelics do this it's not not an individual property of the psychedelic other than the property that enables you to be in a different sensory 3d construct if you like to the one you normally experience yeah yeah the train is yeah it's it's a great metaphor yeah if you're on you're on the train stop using that now yeah yeah if you're on the train your whole life you won't know you're on a train and you can do other drugs on the train you can do alcohol you can smoke weed and what those are like is those are like going to different cars on the train those are like going to different seats maybe some windows are thicker some are thinner some are wavy maybe there's different Mm. air conditioning or heating or music but so, but they're all. You're still on the train. Yeah, psychedelics yeah. are. It's like there's a hot air balloon tied to the train, and you get to like climb up the hot air balloon, and you look down and you see the train, and you're like, oh, I was on. And you can look around at the landscape, may, take a big enough psychedelic, you can see other trains, right? And you're like, oh shit, like this is. And yeah, you're at, you go back down, you sober up, you can never forget that, and it just no. changes you forever. It, it does, and it did with me, and I think it does with most does with everyone, people yeah. who say it doesn't, must not have had, you know, a proper psychedelic experience of it, because I don't understand how you change your sensory inputs so dramatically, uh, and you've been there, and you get back, how you can actually not be slightly changed at least, uh, and, and I think that's, uh, the train metaphor is an excellent Yeah. What for, for describing the effect of an a an effect of psychedelic drugs uh negative effects on my life i, I said alcohol is the one that's had most negative effects um i think because 
when I've had a really bad experience with the drug, and as you know from previous podcasts, I've had quite a few horrific traumas uh, where things have gone wrong. Uh, it's been a one-off putting behind me that, that was horrible, you know. Whereas alcohol is, um, you know, I frequently, I've frequently been normal, if you like, where I've got, got drunk on a Friday night and I've suffered the consequences of losing at least some of the next day, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes all of the next day. So there's a day of my life gone. Mm-hmm. I've acted uh, like a jerk, which, you know, when I've been really drunk, as, mm-hmm. as most people tend to, mm-hmm. and I've, I've had sort of situations, oh, I did have to say that. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I'd say alcohol was probably had the most negative effect on my life. In, in addition to the fact of no people, or I'd have no people who are alcoholics and watching people destroy themselves, mm-hmm. uh, isn't, isn't a bundle of uh, laughs really. So I, I said alcohol for that. Yeah. What drugs do you constantly use until this day, and why? Now, I've had 157 drugs over 10 years. And people take from that, the, you know, the assumption that this guy must be on drugs all the time. Yeah, yeah, some hundred. We discussed this before, and it's just not true. Yeah, you know, this is this is, uh, and that doesn't say necessarily say, say much about me. It says something about the drugs, about the truth about drugs. Just mm-hmm. because you've had certain drugs doesn't mean you're going to be addicted to them. I mean, alcohol is one of the most addictive drugs known to mankind. Yeah. You know, so you could argue, well, why aren't you an alcoholic? Why are you drinking alcohol every day? Well, unfortunately, a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. Uh, most people don't. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's this expectation that uh, I'm a, uh, a compulsive drug user or an addict or I'm always going to be high or stoned or, or tripping or whatever. That's, that's not true. I'm basically going to say I don't take any on a daily basis. However, should the opportunity arise, uh, I'm partial to LSD, uh, like exploring different strains of cannabis. Uh, limit myself, I limit myself on stimulants because of the aftermath. So they're in blue moon. Uh, and that's probably about it. So, yeah. It, if should I come across anything novel that I haven't tried before, I'm likely to try that. Now that's obviously not very likely these days because mm-hmm. after 157 drugs, there aren't that many drugs that I can come across that I haven't already had. There are, or I'm liable to come across that I haven't already had. Uh, although if I do or did, uh, I think I'll probably uh, do the experience uh, because. Because that's what I do. <laughs> Does that sound bad? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, okay. Then let's get that kratom again. Kratom and kratom is a, a very common botanical plant, and it's it's like a sort of it can be energising, but it's normally sedating, and it's a bit like an opioid, but it's not an opioid. But people, some people use it to 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 deal with uh, heroin cravings when they're tapering off of opioids. Um, but the problem is with kratom is that the taste 
is absolutely revolting. It's horrible. And it's a, such a powdery thing that you you can't get it out of your mouth. It's, it's absolutely foul, and uh, it's a nice experience, really, if you get the right dose. But but getting past that that taste, you know, it sounds like oh, what's wrong with you, man. You can, you know, no, it's really, really, really horrible, and it really sticks in you. And the smell of it once you've had it a couple of times. You associate that with the taste, and that makes you think, "Oh God, no!" Yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, so, Valerian. The long discussion on on kratom and the taste uh, there, but yeah, that that. Uh, uh, what's your what's your what was your detura experience like? Have we covered detura before? I can't I, remember. I don't recall. Uh, the, the name sounds familiar, but I don't think it's, I've heard you talk in depth. It's a plant. It's a delirium, like nutmeg, um, and you tend to have the seeds. And the problem, and, and it's it's used by shaman sometimes. Uh, but the problem is, it's highly toxic and toxic, and it kills people. Mm-hmm. That's one problem. The second problem is. Um, it's unless you really know what you're doing, it's very, very difficult to establish, to establish the dose and measure the dose uh, because one seed can be six times more stronger than the next seed. Oh, Jesus. Or, or this seed can be a sixth as strong as that seed. So you've got this this thing with the seeds where, you know, is this a, is this a really juicy, powerful seed or is this a feeble seed? Uh, and you're supposed to be having this this dose of it which is only a few seeds that you really want to absolutely give yourself a horrible death um so uh and he's asking about the experience so so i i i knew all this obviously because i remember writing the books so i research everything practice what i preach research everything that I'm, I'm going to experience and i document it in the book so I knew all this about the seeds and, and, and what I decided to do was because I'd, I'd already experienced delirium with nutmeg and, and, uh, and had this horrific, traumatic ride. And I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm going to just have one seed. So I'm gonna, but I'm going to pick the juiciest looking seed. Mm-hmm. So I'll pick this juicy seed out of the pack. And look, this probably won't even take me to the threshold. Uh, it's, it's quite a lot of pretty, you know, at least it will enable me to write about this on a lower level. So I had this seed and um, I didn't really expect anything, but it, I started feeling a bit weird. And things looked a bit strange and I felt a bit sort of, you know, couldn't really put my finger on it. And after a few hours, I decided, well, I'm going to go for a swim and it's getting dark. There's a swimming pool not too far from here. Um, and, and this is legal, by the way. This is why I had it in the house, just as planned. Um, I had this seed and I walked to the uh, to the pool and I suddenly realised that um, all my sensory organs were feeding me information, not necessarily distorted, you know, smell, touch, taste, sight, sound. Mm-hmm. But they were sort of coming in distinct from each other so I'd, I'd see something and then I'd hear the, hear the same thing I don't know something the wind blowing in a tree I'd see the tree and hear, and I'd hear the, 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 the branches sort of sway 
and they come in sort of separately and that's mm. sort of be aware that these are separate sensory inputs yeah. whereas normally you, you know in your normal everyday rea real reality um everything sort of merged you don't even actually think of them like that yeah it's kind of you mix them all yeah. together and that's your experience yeah well i found that that i was very aware that these were different senses coming in and that's, that was pretty disconcerting. that's weird that's that's like the simulation is glitching right that's yeah. like when you're watching a show and the audio and the video don't match up yeah it was a bit like that well, uh, the matrix yeah, is breaking down yeah it was a bit like that and and, and i found myself um there was one of these shrubs and, and past it every day and i sort of just you know spotted it like, my god that's amazing so i got my camera out to got 30 or 40 different pictures of this these branches <laughs> so yeah i was i was i was <laughs> i wasn't quite quite normal um but there was nothing to sort of i wasn't feeling high or happy but i wasn't in this sort of sinister type resort that's what i'm seeing you know i, I remember thinking you know goodness I didn't have to yeah. <laughs> uh, and then at night the, the dreams were really really weird um, and I had a headache in the morning so, so you know I think my takeaway from that was yeah it's a really weird experience if I'd have had more than one seed I would have probably ended up like I was with with nutmeg mm -hmm. um, which I wouldn't ever want to wish on anyone uh, um, but you know I was able to sort of document you know just how powerful this stuff is yeah. and that it isn't pleasant uh, at all and it's it's far too easy to to kill yourself as seriously and permanently injure yourself in some way and people do mm -hmm. a lot and you know these what that's one of the things on the forums that that, that you know not many things really annoy me uh, i can sort of get above them quite easily and uh, the, i just see people on forums you know bragging about i've had nutmeg or i've had a detour and it was great and i'm thinking no if you've had it it wasn't great mm. uh, and actually basically encouraging kids or anyone who's reading that to to believe that you've gone and you've grabbed all these things and had a wonderful time and they can do the same thing it's, it's just so irresponsible it doesn't even bear thinking about that's one of the things that annoys me i just want to go on there you know i mean there's a saying i can't remember who said it um never never wrestle with pigs yeah um the, uh, you get dirty and the pigs the enjoy pig it anyway yeah so i don't tend to go and argue but i want to <laughs> yeah, well, yeah you know well no you know just hope if i engage it might actually attract more attention to to this uh this guy who's is being so irresponsible yeah Dominic, I have, to, I have to go to the bathroom real quick. Tell them where they can uh, tell them where they can find your book. Okay, I'll talk about both. the book. This drug user's Bible. Uh, it's harm reduction. It's written solely with the intention of keeping people alive. Um, because uh, I noticed when I was researching for one of my earliest experiences, which is ayahuasca, um, that people were dying and people were missing off forums and. Uh, it, it, 
from analysing the, the information that was coming back, it was quite clear that most people were actually making mistakes, making errors with dosage or onset time or combination or whatever it was, uh, due to a lack of information. So what I tried to do was actually write a book that uh, provided the basic harm reduction, safety information through all these different drugs uh, as a start point for anyone who's committed and determined to take a particular psychoactive, uh, that um, they actually have something that they're not sort of guessing completely on what to do and it's trying to give them procedures and processes to go through to basically stay alive. So uh, it took 10 years to write, a lot of travelling and, um, and it came out at 500 and 530 pages or something like that. It's on Amazon. So okay. that's what it is and that's why I wrote it. Um, I was going to say with Datura, that kind of sounds like I was going to say it kind of sounds like kind of like a, like my first psychedelic experience, and that like you don't you kind of catch yourself just doing something silly, like taking forty pictures of a tree branch, yeah. right? You find yourself staring at something, and, you, and if someone's with you, they'd be like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And you're like, "Oh shit, I don't know." And you realize that you've been like staring at a pine cone for a half hour and you're like oh man i just went down a rabbit hole i was like talking to god <laughs> you're yeah. like oh sorry yeah i mean that's absolutely but that can't happen with psychedelics and, and yeah. but it's usually fun when that happens with a psychedelic yeah no it's great you know, you know and you actually can explore things and, but but this wasn't this was a bit more sort of, oh, oh, there's something sinister going on around here. Am I okay? You, yeah. you know, it was that sort of edge. But never stepped into that because I only had the one seed. Yeah. Uh, next question. See, people really love hearing about me getting a bad time. <laughs> what was your most unpleasant experience? I've already listed, uh, mentioned the two, uh, nutmeg. Um, the other one I've included here is some of the cannabinoids, 5-FAKB48 and AM2201. Cannabinoids, synthetic cannabinoids are, were created to try and mimic cannabis because cannabis was illegal here. And they were at first reasonably, not good, but relatively benign to what come later, which were terrible, uh, sort of really terrible drugs, really. Um, in that, uh, I mean, just give you a, a quick uh, 30 seconds on what 5FAKB48 did to me. Um, I was suddenly one, one talk on this stuff and I was lying on the bed in fetal position, uh, praying for it to end soon. Uh, you know, terrified. Uh, every thought I had was was had a sinister edge to it. Um, I mean, because I had such experience, I knew it was going to end. And I remember thinking, if you're a kid who's never had this before, imagine how much worse it would be than it is for me now. Mm. It'd be terrible. Uh, so that was that was a pretty terrible, pretty bad experience. And the other cannabinoid there was as well. Um, and they were di quite difficult to document in the book because. You know, to actually try and grasp with the feeling of of such intense paranoia and put that into words isn't the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, but uh, you know, the, the fear was palpable. It was it was there, and there was you know nothing nothing I could do to, about it other than wait for it to end, which yeah. which thankfully it did. 
Um, Pragabalin's another one. Pragabalin, if you get Pentin, his sister is the 14th most prescribed medicine in the United States. Uh, and Pregabalin is a sort of upgrade on it, which which is sort of replacing it. Um, and a problem was with, with that, it's a sort of sedative, for, and it works on, for nervous, it's used to treat nervous seizures and things like that. Um, it's like a sedative recreational, and I just had too much of it. Mm. It just went completely wrong and it was ill. And, and, uh, and the third one I mentioned is Mapacho, which I've told you about before, was a, that's a, a, a sort of tobacco leaf, uh, not the tobacco as we know it now. And I had in Hanoi in Vietnam and uh, had one smoke of the talk on the bong from the local chaps and smoking it everywhere and that's that's why I was suckered into thinking I would be perfectly okay while the locals are smoking it and stuff huge tolerance because I could I was I was nearly passed out and, <laughs> and I felt like I'd just you know consumed something poisonous and it was it was awful so that was one of the most unpleasant uh, experience um, I think that comes down to you know, don't be rash and research what you're doing. I should have known that's, that's what it was because I'd, I'd had my patio before at home because it was legal to report it from Brazil, which is what I did. And, and the other sort of variant of it in, 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 in Vietnam, I don't know why Vietnam would nowhere else, but it doesn't have anywhere else. Um, and I thought, well, maybe it's the same thing, maybe it isn't, I'm going to go for it. And it was a big, big mistake, really. Uh, so, uh, you know, even if you've got tons of experience and you've written a book on harm reduction, you can still do stupid things if you're not, yeah. if you're not, not, uh, not careful. What do you, what do you think about, um, what do you think about the slow decriminalization of psilocybin in the United States? Well, it should be decriminalized. I mean, if, you t- if you're going to criminalize uh, drugs based upon uh, harm, uh, and safety, you know. What, what the hell is alcohol doing legal? <laughs> you know. So you've yeah. got this other drug, psilocybin, which doesn't kill people. Um, it has this not automatic tolerance that, like most psychedelics do, that if you oh, that was such a good time, I'll have another one tomorrow. We can find yourself having so much more that it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, uh, very quickly, it's not going to work. Uh, and uh, and people do. Um, benefit from it, you know. They do benefit from psychedelics, and uh, it, it's a cure for all sorts of psychological, psychiatric conditions. It, it's just that it's it's sort of illegal, and you can, yeah, you know, when, when you've got a drug like that, which um, it's not the only one, but it's a major one, psilocybin, uh, which psychiatrists are, are, are you know staying clearly that you know this is uh, some pain and suffering and help people and stop you know help people not you know prevent the, some people from committing suicide etc etc you sort of thinking well and you still got that illegal you know you don't think well if if they could get away with it they'd have morphine being illegal and not used for medical purposes and uh, you know what would you do then have operations in hospital without any anaesthetic you know, it's just the same sort of thing, isn't it? It's a, it's a physical sort of drug that makes you, uh, knocks you out for, for pain relief for when, when you're, uh, when you're undergoing a procedure. Well, here's the same on the, 
on the, on the sort of psychological, psychiatric side of the of, of the human condition, and you've got this major cure and tool illegal. And we're not using. I mean, that's just barbaric. Bar- I mean, it's just yeah, it's, yeah. 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 It's, it, it's, you know, I don't think any drug should be illegal, but uh, you know, that's a, another argument. But psilocybin, that's just just ridiculous. Yeah. Just, you cannot justify that. Yeah, shit, it's it's ridiculous. Apparently, in Washington D.C., it's uh, decriminalized now. You can actually Good. go and buy it and like cookies and mm. stuff. So no, it's right. a step. It's a Still step. Having cookie that would be nice. Yeah. That's so it's a, it's a step. I think that it's going to be like marijuana, right? Marijuana is first mm. decriminalized in Colorado like forever ago, right? And that's it's the foot in the door, and then it spreads to other states. And I didn't make a note of that because you're just giving me an excuse to go to Washington. Yeah, there you Washington go. Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., decriminalized psilocybin. Um, you know, there's one thing I was thinking about, though, that's it's pretty funny, right? Because the first decriminalized weed was in Colorado. And now, you know, 20 years later, it's legal in however many states. And then we saw decriminalized psilocybin in Colorado. I think like two years ago, and now it's decriminalized in D.C. It's slowly, but it's kind of funny because all that fear mongering we grew up on that marijuana is a gateway drug. It's kind of Mm. hilarious because it absolutely is, right? (laughs) It starts to become legal, and next thing you know, psilocybin's legal, and then this is so it's just like I know, I know, but it's hilarious because you know all (laughs) these people are just rolling in their graves. They're like, I told you, it was a gateway drug, and it's like just slowly blossoming, but it's blossoming in the most beautiful way. There's revenue, crime is down, taxes up. It's it's good. Perhaps, perhaps that's one of the paranoias they had about marijuana and cannabis was the fact that they knew if people use cannabis, then they know the big lie. If you they, like yep, alcohol, yep. cannabis. You know, like, if, well, actually, cannabis isn't killing anyone, and it's far better for yeah, you. And, and then you try and, and alcohol, and, and, and it would then lead on to yeah, yeah. the drugs being legalized, yeah. and people would be questioning more. Alcohol's all right, and that's well, one of the worst drugs. Well, the thing is, and then you start taking psychedelics, and you start getting off the train. And then the whole system starts to break down, which is what we saw in the 60s, right? Turn on, tune in. Which is what we want. Yeah, it was what we want, but it's it's a big threat, right? We saw LSD. LSD was like COVID-19. It slipped out of a lab, and it slowly started to dissolve the world structure (laughs) and turn turn on, tune in, drop out. Timothy Leary, Terrence McKenna. Yeah, right? It it starts seeping out in the 60s, and the CIA was like, fuck no, and they clamped it down and the vaccine was the dea the war on drugs schedule one they got rid of all the dirty hippies side effects of lsd are long hair and the beatles and it's they got rid of it all and we've been vaccinated against free love for 50 years but it's seeping back in and it's it's back up, yeah. kind of like a virus it's mutated right because now we have a nancy merce one p lsd now we have four aco dmt <laughs> It's just like a virus. It's like it's spreading again, but I don't think that they can stop it this time. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. It, it's going to because the war on drugs is lost. It's not. It's, it's not. They're not going to win it, no. and uh, they're just going to create and, and perpetrate misery and death. Yeah. But they seem quite happy to do that, which is yeah. uh, unfortunate. COVID-19, it's LSD-20 or whatever the fuck it is. That's a good one. That's a good <laughs> yeah. I'll try and remember that one. Slips, cool out of, slips out of a lab and dissolves the world's structure. <laughs> I'll try and attribute it to you when I, when I 
if I do remember it, because I don't like stealing people's metaphors. Oh, no, you, no, Dominic, any any metaphor that we come up with on this podcast, I consider you and me to be co-authors. Because it's, okay. it's a it's a flow of it, it's a flow of information, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, so we co-author everything on here. Okay, that sounds good to me. Okay. Okay, this one asking about ceremonial use, ceremonial use of cacao. Uh, so I come back with I once I did once snort chocolate on the streets of Amsterdam. Um, I was walking down the street in Amsterdam, um, and outside the shop there was this, this this sort of tray with this finely powdered chocolate and a straw and a mirror, yeah. and uh, for people to snort chocolate. Um, and I was a bit stoned because I was in Amsterdam, and he decided, oh, I'm going to have that cacao in that psychoactive, the sugar psychoactive. So I thought, oh, this is a good idea. So I tried to snort this chocolate, and and the results were probably quite predictable. I was sort of spluttering and coughing, and oh my god, what have I done to myself? Um, and people said, but did you get high? And the answer is. I haven't got the slightest idea because I was too busy recovering from this terrible experience of trying to snort chocolate into my lungs. So I don't have a I don't have a good answer to that one. Other than that, I, yes, I did that, and maybe it wasn't my one of my best moments. What else? What's who's next? Uh, Dominic, like, uh, like I told you on the email, I got to wrap this yeah, one up in like one. two minutes. Um, Let's definitely schedule another one, and we can do. Mm-hmm. We can do. I won't be time restricted next time. But, okay, um, no problem. But um, yeah, we'll dive into it next time, and we'll um, carry on with these silly questions that people are asking. Yeah, it's fun. I did, as always, Dom, I love. I fucking love having you on. I have a lot of new subscribers, so hopefully they'll check out your work. Um, Good. But yeah, for everybody listening, go look back at like the first fifty episodes. Dominic was on mm-hmm. here like five times. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, and everything we come up with, hey, co-authored it, all right? Train these metaphor. Metaphors, I, love, I love these metaphors. Train metaphor, LSD, right? <laughs> LSD metaphor, COVID metaphor. Yeah, LSD, right? <laughs> slipped out of, slipped out of um, uh, what the fuck? Um, Sandoz Laboratories, right? Sandoz <laughs> in Switzerland or Sweden, and then COVID, COVID-19. Just down the street from the Wuhan Bio Research Lab. Ah, well, now that now there is a school of thought that believes it was uh, Fort uh, Detrick in the United States that the COVID um, virus came from. Hmm. You've not heard that one. Ah, uh-uh, what? No, I'm not spreading conspiracies. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I spread conspiracies on here every just, day. I've, this is just something that people have been. Some people have been saying, you know, okay. many people think whatever you want. That uh, Trump was starting a trade war with with China. Oh yeah, uh, China. Will they get banned from YouTube for saying that? I mean, no. Trump was starting a, a trade war with, with, with China, China, and China said, and they uh, Fort Detrick in the United States. There've been various problems around the area of people getting uh, conditions and illnesses, which they said was vaping. It was vaping, something to do with vaping, which is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's various things. Anyway, uh, the World Games, the World Military Games was held in in Wuhan, in China, in about August, September of 19. Uh, and the United States had a, uh, had a, a team go over and compete in the, all the 
military in near Wuhan, uh, including personnel from Fort Detrick. Oh, mother! It's bio biochemical research. I know, yeah, one. I know what Fort Detrick is. <laughs> and uh, United States, who you'd expect to all pick these great athletes from across the mm-hmm. military. You know, if they did that, you'd just assume they'd they'd, they'd be pretty close to winning it. We need to the build there in the top. Finished eighty sixth or something ridiculous. So obviously the theory is that well they didn't send athletes. They sent people to on a mission. The guys there were on a mission that wasn't to to win the world military games. Uh, the, the timing is impeccable. You know, you start to think, well, actually, this coincidence is a coincidence. When do when do five different coincidences become a fact? When does it become an impossibility? That yeah, that's right. So you've got you've got the location, you've got the timing, you've got the you've got the um, the desire, the motive, the motive, and, the, and you've got an absolute the, arsehole of a president there yeah. who'd be, who's quite prepared to do anything. The capability, yeah, motive. What, what, yeah, that's right. Think? So everything's in place. Don't they define uh, to, for this to have been imported from Fort Detrick and, and created by the uh, by the Americans in the middle of China? Uh, and because like it's so predictable, used to say that they didn't think it would only only the yeah. Chinese and not spread to the rest of the world. Yeah, no, that's one. That's the first thing I thought. Like the first thing I thought when I saw that it came out of Wuhan, and then I found out there was a Wuhan bio lab. I was like, okay, it came from there. But then you, the more you think about it, you're like, doesn't that make too much sense? It's just down the road from the Wuhan lab. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I bet. I'm like, I bet that was us. I bet we went there and released. It could it. have been. Yeah. Well, the WHO have just been in and said it, it, it wasn't the lab. This didn't come from the lab. So that's today's news. So yeah. what you've seen today. Yeah. News. I mean, so, it, it'd be like if China wants to release a bioweapon, they would probably come release it right next to the CDC. Yeah. Right. Exactly Make it look right. like the CDC did it. So I mean. I mean, either way, whoever we did it, know, but whoever let's did not it, make assumptions about yeah, the China. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was the CCP. I don't know if it was the USA. I don't know if it was the Russia. I don't know if it was fucking Pakistan. I don't. I don't think it was. I'll go on record saying I don't think it was random. I, I don't know more than that. I don't claim to know who did it. I don't think it was random. I think someone was behind. I don't. I don't think it was random. I don't know who's behind it. Yeah. I just don't think it's random. Well, it's a bit. I mean, again, you're looking at coincidences. And I mean, look, there's there's a lot of political gain, right? If you can shut down the world economy and institute draconian laws, Mm. that's a, you know, nine eleven Patriot Act, TSA, Department Mm. of Homeland Security. These people salivate. At, at tragedy and yeah, I mean, and some of them are quite ruthless. And they're all ru- they're psychopaths. They're all yes. ruthless. They're psych- yes. they're de- yeah, yeah, they're yeah. demons dressed in human skin suits. That's what these yeah, fuckers yeah, are. Yeah. Which is why we need psilocybin for everyone. Stop with the bio warfare. Everybody. I think it was you who said all politicians should be forced to have a psychedelic before yeah. taking off it. We said that yeah, as well. Yeah. I think you and I said it's that a very they, persuasive argument. You and I said that they should all have yeah. to get all world leaders at the UN. They should lock the doors. They should pump in psychedelics through the air vents, and they should all be forced to partake in a big orgy so that they fuck while on psychedelics. There will never be war again. If world leaders, if world leaders are are locking lips while they're coming together, 
on psychedelics, well, we'll never have war again. We'll have world peace tomorrow. I think if every one of them had a psychedelic, the world would be a better place. Not only that, I think it has to be a psychedelic orgy. I think they have to fuck. You want an orgy? It has to be an orgy. We have to take <laughs> it for the next... Don't where he doesn't want to go. It has to... No, it, they, they've got to take psychedelics, all consensual, but they have to take psychedelics <laughs> and they have to fuck. I can't think that now. Well, you know what? I don't think we'd ever have a war again. If they were all on MDMA fucking... Mm. How are we ever going to send troops to die again? They're going to be in love with each other. Well, next time, maybe we can talk about chemsex. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll okay. give you uh, the rundown on that again. Okay. All right. Dominic Milton. Okay. Thank you so much, my friend. And uh, I'll send you no the problem. link when it's up, okay? Okay. No problem. Thanks right. a lot. Have, yep. a good have a good afternoon and evening. You as well. Make Bye-bye. it easy. Bye.